For athletes, it's a chance to win gold. For Paris, it's a golden opportunity to shine. Organisers of the 2024 Olympics are racing to get the French capital ready. As construction works continue, making the necessary changes to an already troubled transport system are proving problematic. And ensuring that the sport and the streets are both safe and secure is another headache. Hello and a very warm welcome to France in Focus. Next summer, one ancient flame will be beaming bright here in the City of Light as Paris stages its third Olympiad. Times have certainly changed since the capital's last games in 1924 and major infrastructural changes have been needed and shoring up security remains a key hurdle to overcome. It's an opportunity of a lifetime but a thumping headache for the organisers. For the first ever time, an opening ceremony is set to take place in the heart of a city, as Paris hopes to wow the world with a sensational opening ceremony for the 2024 Olympic Games. These shows are normally limited to stadiums, an easier way of containing crowds and securing the grounds. But this time, the display will begin on the eastern side of Paris and travel all along the River Seine to reach the Eiffel Tower. The performance will pass by some of the most impressive historical landmarks, showcasing Paris to the world. But the security concerns are as big as the size of the display. Officers will need to search every one of the 600,000 people expected to attend. That's over seven times the capacity of France's biggest stadium. Meanwhile, the River Seine and every one of the 160 boats used in the show will have to be cleared for mines. And on top of this are concerns of drone, sniper and cyber attacks. But these risks have been underestimated, according to some on the boards. The question is, are we certain that we have the means to stop a terrorist attack on the first day while the world is watching? I don't think so, not yet anyway. Over 30,000 police officers will patrol the streets and venues across France throughout the games. Helped by the military and the French Air Force, while the Navy will secure the aquatic sports sites in Marseille and surfing spots in Tahiti. On top of this, the government is rolling out a fast-track course to train an extra 30,000 security officers. But the diploma it delivers will only be valid for the events sector. The training doesn't equip people with the necessary skills for other security jobs. So how are people supposed to project beyond the Olympics if they know that their diploma won't allow them to work for private security firms? And recent experience hasn't exactly painted France in a good light. The 2022 Champions League final turned to chaos outside the Stade de France, with authorities unable to gain control of the situation. To minimise the risks of a repetition, an artificial intelligence system will help detect hazardous situations around stadiums and in public transport. But the temporary technique is being criticised by digital rights organisations. We see this as mass surveillance. They're using a big, exceptional event like the Olympics to pass laws that will make surveillance systems like this more and more acceptable in daily life. France's top auditing court has issued a warning demanding that the planning phase be completed as soon as possible 
so that concrete's work can begin in time for the Games. Etienne Taubois, thank you so much for talking to France 24 at a time which must be clearly a busy time for you and for your team. You are the Director General here at the Paris Organising Committee for the next uh, Olympics. The pressure must surely be immense with the whole world watching and with Paris having to get this right. This is the Olympic and Paralympic Games. You're talking about the biggest event in the world. Fantastic exposure, which is a challenge, but it's also a fantastic opportunity to show what we can do, what France can produce, and definitely our concept, for instance, uh, being able to have venues uh, you know, on the foot of the Eiffel Tower, at the Chateau de Versailles, on the Place de la Concorde, and, and, and have those, the best athletes of the world uh, on, on that scene is just a fantastic uh, a challenge and, and, and opportunity. Now, a recent opinion poll found that 59% of French people don't have confidence in authorities to protect them at this kind of huge sporting event. What are you and your team doing to allay those fears? Well, the thing is, first, uh, we, we need to say we got a, a wealth of experience, and, and, and we're taking this very, very seriously. And anticipation is the key word. Uh, we're working hand-in-hand hand with the authorities. Security is definitely on the top of the priority list, uh, and, and we're trying to address each and every one of the issues uh, in, in a very, very professional manner, and, and again, with anticipation. Now, another challenge for any host city is getting everyone involved from A to B, and as we'll see in this next report, updating and expanding the current Paris transport system has proved to be problematic. Passengers packed like sardines in trains, platforms or on escalators. These are the scenes of the Parisian public transport causing an outcry on social media. Rush hour is bad enough as it is. But what will happen in the summer of 2024 when 10 million additional travellers will descend upon the City of Light for the Olympic Games? When putting forward its candidacy, Paris had stated an ambition that all spectators would be able to go to events by public transport, on foot or on bicycle. But with just a year and a half left until the Games begin, this goal seems unattainable. How are we going to cope with our current transport networks, which will not see many changes? And if we cannot be sure that the construction underway at the moment will be completed on time, it's difficult to believe that we'll be able to welcome these travellers in good conditions, in optimal conditions. By bidding to host the Games, Paris was counting on the Grand Paris Express, a colossal project to modernize and expand its transport network. This means the introduction of several new metro lines. The Line 16, dubbed the official line of the Olympics, would connect several sites of the Games in Seine-Saint-Denis, but authorities say it will not be ready in time. The same for Line 17, which would pass through a station in Juni where the Olympic Media Village would be installed. Only the extension of the already existing Line 14 is scheduled to be completed as planned and will stretch from Saint-Denis-Playel in the north to Orly Airport in the south. So how to overcome this logistical quagmire? The 3,000 new self-service bicycles to be deployed by 2024, or even the river shuttles coming soon on the Seine, will not be sufficient. And the Paris Region Transport Authorities say it's too early to specify its plan. 
How should we go about it? Do we prevent workers at the RATP, the SNCF, and other transport operators from going on vacation during this period? Or do we use fixed-term contracts or interim workers? But these workers in precarious employment are already hired by private transport companies, who also have problems hiring on a long-term basis. Another obstacle ahead, the historic monopoly of the RATP on the bus service in Paris, set to end before 2025, a transition that poses the risk of strike action when the world's eyes will be on the French capital. Etienne Toubois, when it comes to transport, can the Paris transport system cope with this mass influx that's expected? I think so. Uh, I think we have one of the best public transport systems in the world. Uh, obviously, uh, we carry tens of millions of people every day. If you look at really the uh, games operations, we're talking about at peak time around 700,000 people per day to, to bring to the, to the, to the various uh, uh, venues. So, so when you look at more than 10 million a day, 700,000, in a period where usually traffic goes down by 30%, you realize that this is perfectly feasible. Obviously, it's a challenge. Anticipation, coordination is key, but we're working hand-in-hand -hand with the authorities and the transport authorities, and we're very confident that, again, the experience will be very fluid during the Games in Paris. But given the delays that we've seen in completing these projects, were the plans perhaps too ambitious at the very beginning? I don't think so, because we adapted the concept uh, to, to, to the delivery of the major infrastructure uh, that are planned through the Grand Paris uh, program. Uh, definitely line 14, which is at the key of the concept, will be delivered on time. Uh, we got insurance of that, and, and we adapted to the existing. We exact to the existing infrastructure in terms of venues, but also in terms of transport, so, so we are not actually uh, stressed by the delivery of, of those big infrastructure. Now, the recent World Cup in Qatar raised eyebrows about the environmental concerns, the environmental risks of hosting such a big sporting event. What is Paris doing to make sure it's green for these Olympics? Well, I think that, that we took that into consideration from the start, again, in the concept, and, and we committed to reduce by half the emissions, the carbon emissions compared to London, uh, which today is, is the blueprint. And we do that with not constructing a lot, as you mentioned, using the existing or temporary venues. 95% of our venues will be existing or temporary. Uh, a clean fleet of vehicles. Transport is the other big thing. But in everything we do, in everything we buy, we have a, a procurement strategy that includes uh, uh, the carbon issues uh, on, on the top of the list. And, 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 and in respect to the food vision, for instance, uh, short circuit, uh, using uh, a recyclable, 100% of, uh, of, of our material will be recycled. Uh, so we are actually on every front uh, in respect to, to, to that objective. And we, we want to use as a platform another way of doing big events, and we want to be a model uh, for, for next, for next uh, organisations in that respect. There's a new challenge that will have to be tackled once all the sportsmen and women go home, and that is how can these Olympic Games help Paris, help Parisian communities in the future?
one of the things we say is that legacy doesn't start after the games. Legacy starts before the game. And that's what we're trying to do in terms of engagement. Engagement of the population, engagement of, of the industry. Uh, we were talking about uh, you know, sustainability issues. We're trying to embark uh, in this adventure as many people as we can so that these games makes as much sense as possible. Our, the purpose uh, in every direction should be it will be big for sport. Evidently, we want to put more sport in people's life. That's what we believe is very important. And there will be uh, some legacy in terms of infrastructure, the little ones, but also in terms of engaging the people and organizing events. That's an important thing. But there will be also legacy in terms of you know, uh, uh, the view with people with disability. You mentioned the transport and how we work better together, etc. So uh, we believe that uh, you know, legacy is, 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 is very important and, and we, we address it from the start. Uh, and the legacy is not just for after the game, it starts already today. Etienne Taubois, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this edition of France in Focus. But do stay with us here on France 24. There's more world news coming up.